I do think actually a greater demand for things like boot camps, for things like um, SWAPs, so sector-based work academy programmes, and for other short courses are going to be really important, both in getting people the skills to start a job, but also making sure that people can keep up to date with their skills. If you, you know, just thinking about the whole green agenda and how your job might not disappear, but it will certainly change. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Talking Recruitment Podcast. It's your host, Neil Carberry here, and I'm about to serve up some thought-provoking discussion with the leading voices in the sector. Keep listening as we delve into the hottest issues in recruitment and staffing right now. Hello everyone, and welcome along to another episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. My name is Neil Carberry, the REC Chief Executive. It's a pleasure to have you with us today as we dig into another topic, its relevance to our industry, but also the prosperity of the country and the economic growth that we're all looking for. Before we welcome our guests for today, just a bit of an update on what we see going on at the moment. Uh, since the recent budget, there's been a, a picture of relative stability in the outlook for business in terms of policy. A lot of the action has really been on on the financial side with challenges that are being faced by the banks as interest rates have risen. And of course, uh, you we will have seen just recently the uh, Bank of England deciding to raise the, the base rate a further quarter point. Perhaps they might have stayed their hands on that had it not been for inflation surprising as coming in higher than expectations in the March numbers. Uniquely, uh, the UK is now in a position of having double digit inflation, unlike many competitor uh, nations. We'd expect that to fall over the course of the next few months. But I think that's what pushed the bank over into another quarter point rise in their in the March MPC meeting. Importantly, of course, rising interest rates puts pressure on debt, puts pressure on banks. It is a good time for REC members to be thinking about their credit exposure and their credit structures just to make sure that your business is on an even footing at this time when there's not likely to be a credit crunch, but certainly bank credit departments will be looking twice at the arrangements they have with businesses of any sector. And that's something that is always good to be having a live discussion with your finance director about. In terms of REC activity, well, we had a really busy day in response to the budget, lots of media activity, people searching out views on the labour market while the Chancellor was focusing on that. But we've also been looking at a wide range of other issues, more commercial issues in the industry, had a fantastic time at the R, uh, the Rec Expo at Excel on the 21st and 22nd of March. Great to see so many REC members there and a real buzz around that event and just again underpinning the fact that while the market is perhaps a little slower now than last year that's certainly what our data shows it is still pretty busy for recruiters across the country and it was fantastic to see many of you in person on the day looking more uh, uh, looking for forward a little more some key dates for your diary the 6th of july is of course the rec conference this year online from wherever you are do uh, make time to pop in and join us. We've got some fantastic speakers already confirmed and there'll be more coming out to you about that over the next few weeks. If you are in uh, the southwest of England, our Southwest Forum is on the 20th of 
April, so do come and join us for that. Our standards webinar is on the 27th of April. That's always a great event to really dig, in, dig right into the standards and the quality work that the team can support you with in terms of your own compliance and, uh, and, and professional focus. And in terms of uh, business advice, the next business advice webinar is on the 3rd of May. So plenty to dig into there. Do have a look at the REC website for all the details on those events. Now, let's turn to our discussion for today and to our guest. And I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast uh, Dr. Fiona Aldridge from the West Midlands Combined Authority. Fiona is the Head of Insight and Intelligence in the Combined Authority's Economic Delivery Skills and Communities Group. Fiona, welcome to the REC podcast. Thank you, Neil. Great to be with you. One of the things that dominates the discussions that we have with REC members right now is how tight the labour market is, the challenges they face with candidate supply into some key roles. And of course, when you think about that, you think about client companies need to get upstream a little bit and think about, well, what are we buying? How are we hiring people who already have those skills? What are we borrowing? So how are we bringing in some key skills because we only need them for a bit? And what are we growing in terms of what are we doing to show our commitment to the sector and grow the skills we need for the future? And today we're really going to focus on that, that last bit of the triangle where it's fair to say that British business has often talked about skills shortages in the past, but we're at a remarkably tight point now. And there does seem to be some really interesting developments going on, particularly with mayors and with combined authorities like uh, your team at the WMCA around these things called LSIPs. Now, some listeners might have heard REC team members talking about LSIPs in the past, but just explain to us for a second what LSIPs mean for your economic and people and skills strategy for the West Midlands and what you're trying to do with it. Yeah, really pleased to. So an LSIP is a local skills improvement plan. The Department for Education have commissioned 38 of them across the country and we have one across the West Midlands Combined Authority area and Warwickshire. And essentially it's a mechanism to better understand employer skills needs so that we can make sure that the skills system is responding to those needs. Maybe there's immediate needs to address the tight labour market conditions that you mentioned, but, but also working with employers to think about those emerging skills needs and those longer term skills needs. So definitely helping people into jobs now. But given the you know the vast changes we're seeing in our economy, we all we also want to make sure that we've got skills for those new challenges, say around green skills, that we will see in the future to make sure that our economies will go from strength to strength. So you see, I think that feels really relevant. And you look at the work the REC's done in the past, the importance of stapling skills to you know practical plans for economic development making you know the, making choices between the investments that you could make that are relevant to the west midlands rather than just saying we need more of course x nationally yes, and yeah. and that's what we'll fund that feels like a big step change does it feel within the combined authority that you're getting the the headroom and the power to really drive at the group of things that the mayor Andy Street and the team at WMCA have thought yeah these are the things that will set the West Midlands apart? 
Yes, it's really important, isn't it? So so since about 2019, we've had devolved skills funding. And what we've tried to do is make sure that how we invest that money, and it's about £150 million a year, that we invest it in making sure we've got a skills and training offer that meets the skills needs of businesses, but also make sure that everybody within the region can benefit from economic growth. And, and in the last few years, since we've had devolution, we've really transformed the skills offer to be able to help it to help people get higher level skills to have provision that really supports people into jobs we absolutely want to give people qualifications but but that's not necessarily what employers are looking for so we're looking to think about how we can purchase programs of study and support that will help people get that first job or perhaps progress at work and meet the skills needs of businesses we've been able to do that through our devolved skills funding we already work really closely with um, employers across the economy with recruiters as well they play a really important role and we've been able to shape our offer in that way the LSIP for us adds to that um, in areas without mayoral combined authorities and devolution it's perhaps more of a, a first step and and you were talking about the budget earlier um, in the budget of course there was another devolution deal for West Midlands and Greater Manchester so there's even more flexibility around skills and employment support there that we're hoping to take advantage of. This is really the practical end of levelling up, isn't it? Which is saying to the West Midlands as a whole, clearly, you know, one of the UK and England's great conurbations of people's lives, people's economic activity, that you know best what you need. Run us through some of the, maybe some of the sectors and focus areas that the WMCA is looking at as as big potential growth areas for for the West Midlands. You know, we're thinking about skills for uh, what are we talking about? Because it's not just you know traditionally people we talk a lot about manufacturing and advanced manufacturing in the West Midlands, and that's super important. But there's a whole range of areas that the mayor's focused on, isn't there? There is. The, the mayor launched last year um, his plan for growth and that identifies eight clusters where there's real potential for high growth um, within the region. I've been looking, for example, at some of the work around gaming and some of the skills investment we make there, given the growth in the size of that economy. We've got some great boot camp provision that supports people into that sector. We're also thinking about things like health tech and med tech. So some really important clusters. At the moment, they're not the biggest parts of our economy but we do think there's real potential for both economic growth and employment growth. We've also been looking at some of those larger elements of the economy where more people are working though as you say advanced manufacturing and engineering, we've got a health and care training plan, we've been looking at automotive and and in that we've been working really closely with employers and other organisations like recruiters and professional bodies to understand what is it that people need to get into the sector and then what do they need to progress through it and then we've been commissioning our skills provision along those lines and by working really closely with partners we've been able to develop some really valuable bespoke offers that does just that for our residents and meets the needs of businesses. So that piece around collaboration feels to me incredibly important and you know you and I have uh, met in different guises over the years thinking about skills and one of the things that has always been a touchstone certainly in my thinking and I know others thinking about this is it is easier 
to design a system where everyone is in the room and while you know employers are not going to want to design the system they are going to want to know that the system meets their needs so that that kind of really robust local discussion about well what are we funding and how do we make it work that requires of course employers come to come to the table with their own commitments to playing their role in the system that feels like a more mature skills debate than one that is just rooted in what central government might fund or or not fund what's your experience about how collaboration is helping you beyond just understanding employer needs where where does the where does the magic happen when you get providers and public authorities and businesses into the room Yes, as you say, collaboration is is really key. We have some really persistent challenges and we have a fast paced labour market and economy. And unless we all work together, we're, we're just not going to get this right, are we? So we've been trying to do lots more collaboration and it's so much easier at a regional level than than you could possibly ever imagine at a national level. So I do think the geography um, is right for this. As you say, Part of the challenge is absolutely making sure that the skills offer meets employers' needs, but it is so much more than that. And in our conversations with employers, we've been really able to understand what it is they're looking for and then what they can offer to people as they enter their business. Um, And some of that is about qualifications, of course, but it's also about behaviours and it's about knowledge. And so working with employers to think about what sort of work experience, what sort of pathways, um, making sure as well that employers are offering good jobs some of the vacancies we have at the minute aren't skill shortages they're labour market shortages and that's as much about the quality of the work on offer or the perceived quality of the work on offer than the training routes there we're also wanting to talk to employers about offering you know real living wages so as we're providing pre-apprenticeship provision for example or gateway provision which we do in the construction sector we want to make sure that those jobs are attractive and supportive and have ongoing opportunities for development and that collaboration is really important employers often say they don't want a provider to turn up and sell them a product what they want is someone who can understand their business what their needs are and and how we can help address those together and through our through devolution and the flexibility we have through our close working relationships with providers and employers we think we've been able to secure a step change there obviously much more to be done And we do um, rely heavily on recruiters because they have that great insight into what employers are looking for, what they need and the people looking for jobs as well. And that's been such a vital component of us thinking in this way. Uh, So thank you to the recruiters who've been working with us in the region. Uh, Well, that's very kind of you to say, Fiona, and I know a number of REC members have been very engaged with WMCA. Um, There's something here, though, I can hear in my head the voice of Neil Morrison, the HR director of Severn Trent. And Neil's message to our industry is stop telling me that it's difficult because there's a candidate shortage. This is your opportunity to show that you can solve it. And I think for recruiters who are deeply embedded in the areas that they serve and in the sectors that they serve, how we address candidate supply and show that the industry is part of the solution really matters. And I think engagement with combined authorities, with LSIPs, is one way in which many REC members are, in in a sense of enlightened self-interest, contributing to the region 
but also understanding where their future supply of talent would come to, will come from. So commercially, I think it makes sense. Where I think there's maybe more of a challenge, and I'd be interested in your take on this, Fiona, is obviously the, the WMCA is reasonably well rooted now. You've uh, been doing working at this for a number of years. Uh, there's a coherent public sector plan and you were already working to integrate the local enterprise partnership into that before the recent budget. Many members listening to this won't be in in the West Midlands or indeed in anywhere in England with a, a devolved mayoral system and of course the system is different again in in the three nations. Indeed LSIPs are a great idea but are currently England only. If you look at recruitment businesses who are in non-devolved areas, uh, the budget announced that LEPs are l- the purpose of LEPs will largely be merged into local authorities. How do we make sure that that really good collaboration stuff, discussion, focus on business needs, what providers need to do and public authority needs, how do we make sure that happens in a world where the local enterprise partnership is starting to disappear from view? It is starting to disappear, isn't it? So the announcements in the budget about local enterprise partnerships apply to most of the country. Actually, here in the West Midlands, that was something that was in the levelling up white paper about a year ago. So we're sort of a bit ahead in that process and we are really committed to it and to protecting and developing the best of local enterprise partnerships. As we've been having those conversations, I think two things have stood out as concerns for people that I think it's really important that we get right. One is about protecting that independent voice of businesses so that we are really clear about what businesses need, what they want. And and for that to be a challenging conversation, because sometimes there needs to be some some pushback on that is, you know, is it really a training issue or is it quality of work issue, for example? I think the other aspect is around geography. So the West Midlands Combined Authority, uh, to take an example, is a big area. Um, It's sort of um, about the size of three laps, slightly smaller. And there is some concern about how do we make sure that we really capture the nuance of particularly local areas and not just that big space. And actually, that's on us to do that and to draw in our... um, vast network of employers but also local authorities recruiters and other partners to really help us understand that and as you say I think this is a great opportunity for recruiters the labour market is tight again back to the West Midlands we have the highest regional unemployment although unemployment is still historically low but there's this growing issue around economic inactivity so people who aren't unemployed or in work, people who are economically inactive outside of the labour market. And we do need to think more about how we reach into them and how we engage them and support them to take a step back into the labour market and to succeed. There was an announcement yesterday that UK shared prosperity fund spending on this group of people can now be brought forward. And that, again, is a really good opportunity to say what sort of support do people need to think about coming back into the labour market and be that source of talent for businesses. And that's good to hear because the UK Shared Prosperity Fund is, of course, the successor to the old European Social Fund. And it's good to see that money starting to flow into areas, you know, including uh, parts of the West Midlands who are starting further back in terms of levels of labour market engagement and, and needs to build skills. Speaking of building skills and building skills quickly one one of the things you've already mentioned is skills boot camps which we are big fans of at the REC and we're heavily involved in the driving innovations towards the tail end of 2021 when we were facing the the driver crisis there's more money flowing towards skills boot camps now how do you see 
that kind of quick and effective training really making a difference for businesses and communities in the West Midlands? Yeah, I share your excitement about boot camps. We did a lot of the piloting work here in the West Midlands and have been able to extend that and expand it into new sectors, into new communities. So so I'm a, a real fan there. And what we are finding is that they are really, really good at getting people into jobs and not just training them, but securing that route into really good jobs. And so we want to make sure that we continue to expand and strengthen that offer. I think for us, that strong level of industry engagement has been really critical to getting um, really good job outcomes. Uh, Coming back to our earlier discussion about LSIPs as well, one of the key findings in our LSIPs is that employers don't want long qualifications and training courses. They do want something shorter, more modular, very connected to the labour market so that they can get people um, into work. And I I do think actually a greater demand for things like boot camps, for things like um, swaps, so sector-based work academy programmes, and for other short courses are going to be really important, both in getting people the skills to start a job, but also making sure that people can keep up to date with their skills. If you, you know, just thinking about kind of the, the whole green agenda and how your job might not disappear, but it will certainly change and making sure that there's the, the right sort of programmes that people in work can jump on, develop their skills, keep them in the labour market, moving around, progressing at work. They're all really important. And for adults with loads of other time commitments, jobs, families, whatever, actually making sure that we've got a flexible, attractive, short modular offer is going to be really key to make sure we meet those needs. I think I couldn't agree more with that. And I think actually the the flexibility that you can achieve at regional level to, to target these really effectively, both in terms of what areas of the economy you're trying to serve, but also uh, in terms of the communities that you're offering access to feels really important. And if you look at, for instance, the work the WMCA has done around uh, using levy funding and apprenticeship levy funding more flexibly, there's there's a real kind of window here to have a a mature debate that isn't about what business funds and what business doesn't fund but is actually about making sure that whatever gets funded either by public cash or uh, private sector cash is stuff that makes a difference to economic growth in people's lives um are you how are you feeling about all that is this a moment of optimism I think this is. I think there's lots of opportunities there. I moved into a a role in the combined authority just over a year ago, and I've been so impressed actually with how much more you can do at a regional level because you are working so closely with employers and with providers and because of the flexibility to make things happen. So working with employers to, to really understand what they need and develop bespoke provision. And then when we know whether that works or not, being able to scale that across different areas, different employers in different sectors. Um, I just don't think a one-size-fits-all approach um, can work. Of course, we need some national standards and frameworks, but you do need to be on the ground to to really understand what can make a difference and to put that in place. So, So I'm really optimistic about what we can do. I'm also optimistic about the chance that you have in a combined authority to bring different levers together. So we've spent a lot of time talking about skills and training, but there are many other reasons why why people aren't in work. You know, um, can they get a bus or a train to their employer? Have they got the right health support, the right employment support, childcare? That was in the budget too. And one of the great advantages of working region is you can align those levers and think about how you can provide holistic support for residents and for businesses. 
Fiona, you're probably the first person to come on the podcast and cause the REC's team bingo for the podcast <laughs> to be won by someone mentioning buses who isn't me. But I've made a, a stocking trade of saying that I've been watching the British labour market for a quarter of a century and the, the older and more experienced I get, the more I become convinced that it's all about buses. Uh, except, of course, in the West Midlands, it's also all about rail and uh, excitedly following some of the investment that is that is going in there as well. But that piece about how do people get to work? How do they afford to work? Childcare was a big part of the, the REC's budget submission. And then how do we make sure they have the skills to have the career they want? All of those things feel regionally super important. And uh, I think mayors around England are making some real progress in almost developing that sense of civic pride in terms of this is this is our plan for growth to to borrow Andy's uh, words where are the challenges to that agenda do you think what are the the things we need to be aware of and just manage our way through I mean there are so many challenges in there there's such a lot of potential isn't there but it but it is hard I mean some of these are really long-standing challenges and if if we could solve them easily, we might have, have done it beforehand. The real potential, of course, is in bringing everything together. But that's quite hard to do, isn't it? So at the moment, we're thinking about how to integrate our health and our em employment support. But they've been kept apart for so long. Helping people reimagine what um, it might be is is a big challenge that we face but I think one that we're really up for getting people to think outside the ways in which they've done things previously to think about how they might th do things differently and of course challenges and difficult times help us do that so I, I don't know whether your members have seen but I've certainly seen some employers in the region think really differently about recruitment because the things they've always done just aren't available to them anymore so they're opening up new opportunities and new ways of working, new ways of recruiting, but also considering people that they might not have considered before. So there is something about tough times that says, OK, we've got to do this differently. How can we do it? And I think thinking across those policy silos, which at a national level are all very, very separate um, and bringing them together. Our devolution ambitions were really about having an integrated employment and skills system where we're supporting people to get a job, but to get the right job and to progress at work. And as you say, put those transport and childcare and housing support around them. That's a really big conversation to have, but really important that we get it right. And, and I certainly want to work with your members so that we are all doing this together because it will require all of us. So the thing I'll finish on and an observation from kind of me is it's very easy to stitch this together for recruiters and say this is about the community that you live in the economy that you serve and investing in its long-term sustainability and that is a good thing to do i think we'd all say it's a good thing to do i would go further i'd say for recruiters this is absolutely about the long-term sustainability of what we do as a sector and what i mean by that is if we are candidate short that candidate shortage will be solved we are the experts we it's on us to solve it and i think part of that is engaging with this as a skills and economic planning structure that exists yes of course in the west midlands and in the other combined authorities but actually in every part of england and in the devolved nations and using the expertise that we have 
to start to make sure that we are building the kind of pipeline of candidates that mean our clients employers want to invest in Birmingham, in Solihull, in Wolverhampton, in Coventry, if in five years time, in 10 years time, in 15 years time. And that that feels to me like an absolutely commercial thing that maybe we haven't thought about that way in the past. So I'd encourage everyone who's listened to this to have a think about what it means for you in your sector and in your region. The REC team is always happy to help with that. Uh, Fiona, if people want to read in a bit more about what WMCA are doing on this, where can they look? So go to the um, Westminster's Combined Authority website, wmca.org.uk. Lots of information there and also, importantly, ways in which you can get in touch with us or look me up on LinkedIn Connect. Really keen to do that. We have such good relationship with recruiters in the region and the insight which is is my role that we get from them is really really helpful your contact with uh, people who want to work your contact with businesses about the challenges and opportunities is really really valuable and actually you're a key player in the region um, and we would love to do more with you well Fiona I think that's a great place to look and if I can get away with mentioning the other Andy in the room but the uh, the GMC in Greater Manchester we did a session a couple of years ago and when Andy Burnham came into the room and sat down he turned around to the the recruiters and said look let's be clear I can't do what I need to do without you and there's that sense of this is a a big part of us as a professional service looking after our future pipeline but also making a big contribution. Fiona thank you so much for your time on the podcast today. Pleasure thank you. And thank you to all of you for joining us on this episode of Talking Recruitment. I hope you've enjoyed that chat with Fiona. I think skills and candidate supply and what we do to support economic growth in uh, the United Kingdom over the next decade is a hugely important issue for our future prosperity and for the sustainability of us as an industry. So uh, I hope that you found found something in there to take away to your own local area and to your own sector. And as always, the REC team are here to help you think about what you are doing if you've enjoyed this episode then do check out one of our recent episodes from the first part of 2023 the last episode with steve johnson from mercer marsh was all about your benefits package and how you can make it work more effectively as a retention tool and tool to help your staff navigate the cost of living crisis and episode four was all about workplace mental health with Sahel Mizra. so do take a look at one uh, one or two of those if you're not quite finished your drive home yet and i'll look forward to talking to you again on another episode of talking recruitment the rec podcast Thank you for listening today. I hope you took away some valuable thoughts from this discussion. If you'd like to hear more, head to rec.uk.com forward slash talking recruitment or follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Simply search Talking Recruitment to find us.